Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. Think of us as your business Bible. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Scudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. I host this podcast as well as a live webinar called Office Hours, which takes place every Wednesday. Here, I dig deeper into each weekly topic and answer all of your most pressing questions. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Thanks for being with us here today. We've got an amazing episode for you. We're going to be talking to Lydia Hudgens, who started her career as a photographer and now is both a photographer and an influencer. Lydia and I are going to talk a lot about her perspective as a photographer, how that has influenced her perspective as an influencer, why you should work with photographers, what benefits they can give you. And also we get really deep into the plus size industry, which is something that Lydia is extremely passionate about and where she's pushing boundaries and really trying to affect a lot of change. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Lydia Hudgens to the podcast. Lydia, welcome to Influencer Business. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, excited to, excited to chat. So I want to really dig into your kind of evolution as a creative, you know, starting with the photography and content creator and now influencer. Uh, so can, can you set the stage for us? Like, how did you get here? Give us a quick background and what really got, got you started as a photographer in, in New York? Um, well, I think, I mean, if you go back like all the way to when I started photography, I actually started in San Francisco, which I know you guys are based yeah, from yeah. San Francisco too. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, so I went to the Academy of Art University oh, amazing. in San Francisco and I was actually a fine art photographer. That was like my degree. Oh, um, a long way from street style. Yeah, which is interesting <laughs> actually because the reason I got into photography initially was because I, I saw, did you, do you remember seeing that movie called War Photographer by yeah. James Notchaway? Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. that's how you pronounce his last name. That was the reason I got into photography. Like, I was really into the documentary style of that. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a doc photographer, and then I switched to fine art after, like, a, I think it was, like, a couple classes of documentary, and I just wasn't into it at all. It didn't interest me as much as I thought it was going to. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I, I was trained on film. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I have a my background's all analog. That's I didn't really start cool. shooting digital until like the last year of college. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Throwback. Yes. 100%. Do you still do any of that? I have a couple film cameras. Yeah. I don't really do it because no one wants to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I feel like more and more people are starting to shoot film, which is exciting. I mm-hmm. think like brands are asking for it now too. Really? So, That's cool. Um, some brands. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I started. Um, I switched from doc to fine art and then I started playing around with fashion. I actually took a class, um, if anyone is listening that goes to San Francisco or has been to Academy of Art University, John Vanna was amazing. He was actually the one that got me into fashion photography. Okay. Um, and then I, I used to like arrange all of these shoots. So I'd have like makeup, hair, model, a stylist, all of it. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of pieces to put together, as you can imagine. So, and it still is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, it was right around when blogging was beginning. Okay. And I remember reaching out to a couple of different bloggers. The first blogger I ever worked with um, was... Um, named Jenny Lodge. She no longer has a blog. Uh-huh. She, I think she works for Old Navy, actually, oh, as like their okay. social media marketer, Sure, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Don't kill me, Jenny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then um, I think I reached out to Blair and a couple other photographers, sure. uh, other bloggers, excuse me, um, as well as uh, Christina... I always forget her how to pronounce her last name, but she used to be Pro Fresh Style, okay. and now she has her own like social media marketing um, business down in LA. But oh, okay. the, yeah, so I basically, but I the whole idea of bloggers I thought was so interesting because it's mm-hmm. like a it's a package. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. which I think is why brands are so interested in oh, them yeah. to begin with. Cuts down on production costs in a big way, a hundred percent. Which is also another topic. But yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that, like, you know, it was like it was all of it wrapped up in one. So yeah. I was really interested in like um, shooting with them. I, I shot with Jenny the first time, and it was a very more like editorial style. We kind of played around and like mm-hmm. definitely different than the street style that sure. you guys are used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and then I shot with Blair, and when I shot with Blair. 
that was when I started getting eyeballs on me. Okay. And people started emailing me and being like, oh my God, I love your work. How much do you cost? And I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, I can get paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> so you almost backed into the I business did. side I of things. I honestly did because yeah. when I was shooting with Jenny, it was just like, I, she, Jenny's still a close friend of mine and I love her. And like, she's, um, you know, one of my good friends, I would say still yeah. to this day. But, like, I would shoot her in exchange for, like, her boyfriend doing my hair. Like, it was, like, very much just, like, yeah. sort of a collaborative, like, whatever, you yeah, know, trade situation. Yeah, early days friends helping, helping friends out. and A hundred percent. So, um, yeah, people saw me on Blair's, and that was when I started getting a lot more traction, I think. Sure. I, I did get some reach out from Jenny, too, because at that point she did have a... It was still really early. Like yeah. the big bloggers at the time were like Amy, uh, Ami Song, sure. um, Blair, um, Late Afternoon. Sure. All of those. Liz Cherkasova. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of those, like uh, the big San Francisco bloggers at the time. Yeah. Which I think is really like. It's funny how it all, like a lot of this started in San Francisco. Yeah. And then most of them moved to LA or New York. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a mass ex- exodus. Totally, 100%. Yeah. Which is always, you know, it's like I remember these girls when they had like no followers and like Instagram yeah. wasn't a thing and they were still just and a they blogger. And were, they were kind of those weird girls who were taking photos of themselves and putting them up on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if you go back really far, Jenny's in a lot of their photos because she mm-hmm. was like on the same, like she just like didn't care about it. And she yeah. kept it up with it. She was like, sure. I'm not really into this. Like yeah. I just want to wear my uniform and like live my life, <laughs> you know? Sure. But um yeah, so it was like I started working a lot with them and I, I it was like the last couple of years of college and then after okay. college, probably the last year of college. Mm-hmm. I don't remember even when I graduated, to be honest. I, need to look <laughs> at that. <laughs> I didn't walk. So, oh, okay. um, but I, yeah, I worked with bloggers for a couple, like I think like a year and a half. And then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I just want to move to New York. Oh, why? So, well, I wanted to go where there was more fashion. Okay. And I felt like... San Francisco wasn't like a ton at the time. <laughs> Still isn't. It's more of a tech, especially now it's very tech. Very tech, yeah. Um, a lot of hoodies and jeans yeah. and t-shirts, yeah. Yeah, or mm-hmm. like my like a friend Jenny, like I mentioned, she's like in black, um, you know, skinny pants, boots, and like leather jackets and band tees sure. now, which yeah. is fine. That's like... That's not to say there aren't, there are some great influencers out there. Oh, 100%. And they bring a lot more life to the landscape, but... But I feel like a lot of them have moved on, too. Yeah, a lot of them have. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Because even, like, a few of the girls that I remember seeing um, in San Francisco moved to L.A. Yeah. LA. And even within the Bay Area, it's yeah. not San Francisco itself. It's oh, kind totally. of in and around A few people are, and, like, in Oakland and, right, like, right. San, not Santa Rosa. There but certainly like, isn't the same locus no. of people that there is in New York and L.A. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, like, Crystal was from San Francisco, too. Right, right. And so she moved here, obviously, I think mm-hmm. it was four years ago. Yeah. So I think that there's been, like, um, Crystal from uh, This Time Tomorrow. But she moved here four years ago and it's like i do feel like quite a few people have just made the jump Mm -hmm. you know yeah um so it worked out for you so you moved to new york because you wanted to get into more fashion yeah and it was either at that point it was like either la or new york and i was just tired of california i'm from (laughs) well i'm from the bay area so like i was raised in antioch which is like a tiny little town yeah sure I'm about, I was born about an hour south of there. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like the smallest town. I was just like really, I lived in California my entire life. I lived in Orange County for like a year and a half. Sure. When I was in junior college and Mm -hmm. like, I was just like ready for a change. But I, when I first moved here, I was like working three jobs. And, but the the whole time was the idea, photography Mm -hmm. is going to be my thing. A hundred percent. Okay. But it's like, I think that like people just automatically... Uh, assume that especially with a photography that you're just going to jump in and you're going to have a bunch of clients not the way it works no and when i first started like i remember my rates were like 30 dollars a look yeah Mm -hmm. or something like that yeah you know Mm -hmm. um but that was when i was just trying to get get your foot in the door yeah get my foot in the door yeah sure and get noticed and all of that so it was it was hard i mean Mm -hmm. i definitely remember working like i would work five to like two o'clock at the gym and then go and shoot from yeah. like two until seven or whatever yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, you really had to be so scrappy, especially in those early days when there wasn't this industry no. built up around. And even then it was like, cause I've been here eight years. Yeah. So that was about like six or mm-hmm. so years ago. There wasn't that many bloggers and they weren't getting paid. No. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. girls um, were only getting free clothing right. at that point, which right. brands still try to do. Um, <laughs> and, and to be honest, I mean, there's, 
there's a spectrum here, right? When you're just starting out and you're working your way up, free clothes are amazing. Oh, and 100%. You know, and yes, at a certain point when this is your full-time kind of yeah. gig, it doesn't pay the rent. But at the same time, there, I think there's a path here. One of the big problems, I think people see someone like yourself and say, yeah. oh, she's got this many followers. She's so big. She works with all these amazing people. Like, it didn't happen overnight. Oh, no, 100%. You had to work. I mean, you were working three different jobs. Yeah. You were shooting anybody and everybody you could possibly, because you, didn't, you also didn't know who's going to be here next week and who was going to be gone and who's... Oh, totally. Yeah. I had a couple regular clients, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, another San Francisco blogger, um, Alicia Lund from Cheetos the New Black. Yeah, sure. Um, She Mm -hmm. was like one of my regular clients. She moved to Sacramento and Uh I miss you every single day. Um, (laughs) Alicia, if you're listening. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Come back. Yeah, I know. Um, She's amazing. She's pregnant again, so she has to Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. Christine Cameron, I used to shoot her all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She's originally from Seattle. And she lived in like this amazing little like um, apartment that I think was like super rent control for the longest time. It was a gorgeous space. She lived there for like 12 years, I think. It was like a long time. But she moved just recently back to Seattle. But Uh, she was like one of my like very regular clients. And then um, Jenny from Ice by DIY Mm -hmm. was one of my first clients here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I had a couple clients were very, regularly sure. every week i would shoot them yeah um when i first started out that's really great. helpful when you're trying to build your business because yeah. you, not only is it the regular income but it's also regular exposure 100 yeah. percent. and i was still at the time when that mattered yeah because i think mm-hmm. now um no one looks at photo credit really. interesting so uh, i still do oddly enough because you're a photographer <laughs> true i guess yeah because yeah, you shoot mary right well yeah, yeah i do yeah. absolutely and but you don't, I mean, you don't, you don't think people still look at photo I don't think people credit? pay attention to photo credit well, unless they're looking for a to- photographer, but Okay. Yeah. So they have to be looking for a photographer. Yeah. Okay. And you don't think most people are, you think they can just pick a friend and say, Hey, come. Well, yeah. I mean, I think at this point too, which is very like frustrating. It's like, um, I think that there's, everyone's a photographer. Well, everybody thinks they're a photographer. 100%. I agree with that. But I also think that like when I was starting, like I think I was one of the first photographers to really start working with bloggers. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I will say that I think it was myself and like, especially in San Francisco. Do you know who Ryan, um, God, I forget his name. There's a guy down in LA named Ryan Chua. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I follow him on Instagram because he is, you know, one of the preeminent blogger photographers 100%. if you will and i think inf- him yeah. and me when we first started in san francisco we were like the two photographers that i think oh he started really in san francisco knew. too he was he's in now, san francisco so you went to new york he covered yeah. la yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i think that like i think people kind of knew the two of us there's definitely been more and more photographers sprouting up that i were like yes that's like a like well-known yeah. photographer mm-hmm. but then there's the all of these photographers that are just trying out here to make it sure and and that's good i i, I actually am a big proponent of that because I think you should give it a shot absolutely and I think it's going to be natural selection right because at a certain point people are going to expect a certain quality and when they're not getting it you know but at the same time we were talking about this you know when we were walking in the democratization of content and the ability to go out and create something even with just an iPhone that you know this phone in your pocket is amazing because you get all these amazing talented people who pop out of out of nowhere yeah it's true you know but you're right there is a day of reckoning when you know, you do need that quality and maybe some folks yeah. don't quite measure I mean, up. I do think it's a different world too. And I've had this conversation with like other photographers a lot of the time. It's like when we first started, it was all on us. Yeah. So like we were in charge of the retouching. We were in charge of the photo editing. We right. were in charge of the photo selection a lot of the time. Yeah. Like I would just send my clients like the images. And the then finished they would, product. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and now, now that with all the apps and everybody's, yeah. t- you know, doing the online touch up. I don't offer this anymore uh-huh. unless you're like a like long-standing client of mine, like Crystal Big. I shoot on her card, but I don't mm-hmm. offer it anymore. But uh, a lot of photographers will just shoot on a, a client's card, which completely cuts us out of the middleman. But that's also a dangerous um, thing, I think, too, especially like if we're talking about usage, mm-hmm. um, because they yeah. assume if you're shooting on their card, they own the images. That's yeah. We so we covered copyright. And images and uh, and a scheme. previous yeah. yeah yeah so in a previous uh, episode we talked to uh, one of the preeminent copyright lawyers oh, uh, awesome. she, down in um, San Diego 
And people, there's just this massive misunderstanding of how copyright works. And it basically, the photographer owns the copyright unless there's a specific clause that exists in the contract. Yeah. And even if it's on their camera, on their card, it doesn't matter. Whoever is clicking, this is not a perfect way to think about it. But basically, if you click the shutter button, you own it unless there's been some sort of contract. Yeah. 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 And I think too, I mean, I've had this conversation with like a couple of different clients of mine and they're like, well, I think that should change because Mm -hmm. at this point I feel like a lot of the time the photographers are just um, tripods. Tripods. And I'm like, great. Okay. Well, I guess like in that situation, but like I wouldn't consider myself a tripod. No, definitely not. So um, I think that it really, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a tricky, it's a gray area that's sort of become because of social media because Mm -hmm. all of these people are out here um creating images and like they're putting the finishing touches on them Mm -hmm. they're editing they're coming up with a feed that as part of their aesthetic so they feel like they have more control of the finished product sure and so they feel like they have some right to the images you know yeah and i think that there there is a happy medium to be found for sure for sure but let's talk a little bit about it from the business side of things you're building a portfolio right and your name is out there so let's say I view you as a human tripod and I have you come take a photo for me and then I do all the post editing, right? I do all the editing after the fact. Yeah. Do you want your name attached to that? Because you have no yeah. say effectively. Oh, well, that's why I don't offer it anymore. Right. I did for a while and then I started hating what was happening to right. my photos. Because now you're associated with yeah. the outcome of which you yeah, had it, maybe a 5% impact. I would used to say, just take my name off of it. Oh, really? Yeah, I would be like, I, I'm like, I don't. I mean, there's definitely been situations um, where even when I edit the image, mm-hmm. they'll edit it again. Yeah. And then they'll heavily retouch it. Sure. So like a lot of like face tuning and, and sometimes like that. it's really bad retouching too. Oh, it's too. usually very bad. Like <laughs> when it, when Facetune first started, it was like I would look at a photo that I took and I'm like, why is the entire back of the photo warped? Yeah. And like yeah. the thing with that is like people automatically assume that it's me, right? Right. That is retouching it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. take my name off that photo. Yeah. Because it makes me look like I'm the one that's a bad retoucher. Yeah. When I'm like, I'm a good retoucher. I don't like to do it, but sure. I can do it. Yeah. And I'm not going to like warp the background. Yeah. So, Well, yeah. let's take a second and plug photographers. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> why somebody should use you as opposed to having a friend do it. Or yeah. ha- why should they give you some creative control over the final product, which a lot of people feel like, well, it's me in the photo, right? Yeah. So I should have, well, why should why should they come to a person like you, a good photographer to really help them with a project? Well, it's interesting because now that I've been on the other side of it, yeah. I do feel like there's times when I'll shoot with someone and I would consider like, I'll shoot with a friend. I'm like, okay. And I set the shot up and I'm like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then they'll shoot it. So in that sense, they're basically a human tripod. Yeah. And then I'll go back later. I'm like, you know what? I wish that I had done it from this angle and this angle and this angle and this angle. But like, unless that person has creative control behind the camera, they're not going to take liberties. Right. And I think that a lot of the time the person in front of the camera can't visualize what's happening behind the lens. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the frustrating part is like, I literally get this all the time and I love you, Tezza, but like I see you every single week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like every week I get a photo from a client and they're like, okay, so you see this photo of Tezza. Um, <laughs> I really like this location and I think she shot it from the, you know, from below, from a really high angle. Can I get this? I'm kind of wearing a similar outfit too, yeah. but I just like really like the movement and I'm like, okay, so you're literally like, yeah. and, and in that sense too, it's like a copyright thing too. I'm not, I don't know if it's so much copyright, but it's like, I, I think that people does, just... Does Tezza need trademarks and poses? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I <laughs> Tezza, just, if you're listening, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about trademarking a few of your poses. I just think people see what they see online and they just duplicate it. Yeah. And there's no yeah. actual creativity behind it mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And they don't get into the concept, you know, conceptualizing. And I think that's why Tezza is so popular because she really yeah. pushes the boundaries and like does some interesting things. I also think Mary's photos are all beautiful and you guys really yeah. experiment. Well, I'm more of a human tripod than anything. <laughs> I'm okay. just kidding. We do. We, yeah, we have a nice I relationship. Think it's a collaborative relationship. Oh, it is 100. Yeah. percent I'm a big believer in experimenting. 100%. I think you know if you think about like the master painters 
if you will. They were always taught a certain way to do things because they had to learn how to use the tools. Yeah, 100%. But then they all did their own thing, right? So yeah. yes, they may have said, okay, here's here's how you you know do this style of painting. Try to replicate it so you understand how the tools yeah. work. And then from there, use your own imagination, your own creativity. And I think that's what you're saying. I love Tezza because she's always pushing the boundaries. 100%. And if you have carbon copies, people who are just trying to do exactly what she's yeah. doing, they're not going to really make it very far because at the end of the day, that well runs dry. People are tired of seeing yeah. that. And Tez is already on to the next thing. 100%. Which I really like. Yeah, I think she's always experimenting. I think that's uh, personally one of the reasons why I really like shooting with Crystal because Crystal yeah. always likes to experiment. She's always down to try something new. And there's only a handful of my clients that I would say that are really yeah. open to that, um, which is kind of why I feel like I'm started to be move more like towards the brand work because I mm-hmm. feel like I can start playing a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, and just, I do a lot of model tests and stuff now where they're like kind of leaning on me for that creative yeah. control. So it sounds like the reason why you bring in a really good photographer is because they will open up your world yeah. of what is possible. 100%. Because the other thing is everybody's different, right? And that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. I think what makes influencing so great is that, we're all different and we all identify in different ways with different people. And there's not another person out there who fits us 100% as a match, but we can find somebody who's like 75% us, right? But that's different for everybody. And so you're tall, you're short, you're you're thick, you're thin. It doesn't matter. You got to find different ways to express that in photography. And somebody who shoots literally hundreds of people, right, is going to have a lot, a, a much bigger catalog in terms of what looks good, what doesn't, what's going to fit you. And so it's like dipping into a wealth of knowledge that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, and I think people too, uh, part of my frustration with blogging and or Instagram um, lately, I think that if you scroll anyone, any particular person's um, feed or if you go through a couple different feeds or even on the Explore page, Mm -hmm. they all kind of look the same. Yeah. And so there's only a few bloggers out there that are really experimenting and trying new things. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I almost feel bad for Tezza because I feel like Tezza really started this like style and everyone's just trying to duplicate her. Yeah. And like I get, you know, wanting to market yourself and do the app. Like I use her app for like my um, Mm -hmm. stories. But when everyone looks the same, then it just kind of takes away from that like idea of like the personal touch on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I don't worry about Tezza in the long run. I worry about everybody else because she has so much creativity. You oh, can yeah. see all of the different things that she does. So yes, you know, she she released the app and she released yeah. the filters. I mean, I'm not really that concerned. She's doing perfectly fine, but well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually not, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm not necessarily just talking about the business side. I'm talking about the creativity side. Yeah, copycats are not really the ones who have the original thoughts, right? Yeah, that's and very true. it's the people who keep having these original thoughts. I don't think her creativity yeah. well is going to run dry. I think the people who are always trying to play catch up with her are going to be frustrated because one, they won't ever be able to truly replicate replicate the spirit of like what she and her husband are able, able to produce. Uh, and two, they won't. They don't have the same ideas that she does. And so no. while she's off creating the next great thing, they're waiting around. Right? Yeah, they're trying to see what they can mm-hmm. create that is in a similar vein. Yeah. And you're right; it does suck in that in, in, in for a period of time when you're like, God, yeah. everybody's copying me. Like I feel. Well, like- I just feel like a lot of the time too is just like you look at these girls. Instagrams and they all look the same Mm -hmm. like the similar posing there's like a similar like um you know uh everyone has the same like color everyone's looking for I used to have a thing too where I I shot so much in Soho because everyone wanted a white wall no one wanted to shoot anywhere I love Soho don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong I shoot here all the time now I feel like it's starting to like you know you can kind of push away but I literally would just shoot in front of a white wall Mm -hmm. no one wanted color because at that or a darker browns mm-hmm. or whatever because that was when the whitewashed like instagram background yeah. was like the thing sure um they're going to be a lot of people like that but i yeah. do think that the great thing about in being an influencer and having influencers out there is because there will be a lot of kind of people who follow but there are also a lot of people who pop out and lead and yeah and sometimes what you need is somebody to hold out as a uh, a symbol or an icon yeah. right so hey i love what tezza does i'm going to try to replicate it to teach myself how to do it and then I'm going to break off and do my own thing. I do think there's more and more people coming out here that are like really creating some interesting things. Oh yeah. Like I love, obviously I love Crystal's feet, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I also really love um, the hot pursuit, the hope pursuit. Is okay. It? Yeah. yeah. Um, my friend Christina, she eats her a lot. She works with some amazing photographers. Her feed is like 
amazing. Like I mm-hmm. love her feed. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of girls out here that are trying to create something different. Yeah. And I will say from like a brand standpoint, I feel like I've heard more and more feedback about those because they want something that looks different. Right. They because, want to stand out. Well, yeah. It's like, why would I hire someone, you know, that's maybe six grand for Instagram photo that looks exactly the same as someone that has a smaller following yeah, that's going to cost me far less mm-hmm. um, and probably has, you know, just as good of engagement because they're a micro-influencer. Sure. So it's it's interesting. I feel like brands are now starting to push. Like I just recently changed the my feed aesthetic yeah. in this last year. and just Well, which like, one? Because oh. you got two. Because <laughs> we're going to get to this. So yeah. Lydia started as building her photography business, but she got so popular she's also now an influencer yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, which feed did you change? Um, up? I changed my uh, my um, influencer account. Okay, so, your personal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I will say quickly. I'll dive into that real quick. I yeah. feel like um, so for the longest time, it was just my photo account. Like yeah. it was just Lydia Hudgens. Like had all mm-hmm. my photos of my photography, and for a long time, I never photographed myself mm-hmm. i would maybe put like a selfie yeah. um and i never took photos of myself although sure. it's funny because i think looking back at now if i had i probably would have a much larger following just because sure yeah when i started posting, you inject some personality into it yeah when i started posting photos of myself those were the ones that did the best yeah no one cared about my other photos after the fact <laughs> Um, I, I, to be honest, that's how I feel. I, I think that I want to see the person behind the. I agree, which know? is part of the reason I started doing it. Yeah. And actually, my friend Christina, who um, her Christina Shields, um, she photographs the hot pursuit, and she mm-hmm. was. I went on a trip with her for a brand trip I did, and I want to say it was four years ago. Okay. And we um, were just playing around, and we started shooting each other, and I put up a couple of photos, and I was like, why haven't I done this? Like, worked with another photographer in this realm. Yeah. And that's when I kind of started doing it and slowly trickling in more photos of myself. Sure. And they just gained traction. Yep. Um. But I think is that was that the inflection point kind of from your personal influencer business as opposed to the separate from the photography business? Was that the moment? It was a long like span of things. Sure. I will say we've gone through a weird stage with it. But basically, like I started um, I was still posting my photography on my photo account for a long time. Yeah. And I was posting myself. But those photos always did better. Yeah. So um, I decided last year, I think my photo account's only like eight year, eight, no, eight months old uh, um, okay. to separate them. Yeah. Okay. And because wow. I was just noticing that I felt like it would be beneficial as a business because I wanted to curate both. Sure. Yeah. I, I wanted to really have, smart. yeah. And I wanted to really hone in on the images that I wanted to create mm-hmm. for my photo account versus yep. the stuff that I was creating on my Instagram sure. account. Yeah. Um, Really quick question. This is how did you do that? So you obviously have Lydia Hudgens and then you have Lydia Hudgens Photography. You had one account to start with with a big following. Did you go, did you keep Lydia Hudgens as your personal account and then just open a new account and say, hey, go follow me here? Or was it vice versa? Did you want, when you think about your portfolio, did you want your personal portfolio to start out bigger or did you want your brand portfolio? I I think from an influencer's, I mean, looking back at it now, I almost wish I had done it the opposite. What did you do? Um, So I made my photo account new. So I started the photo account. I I quickly gained, I have like 4,000 on there and it's only been open like eight months, which is a pretty, you know, large Mm -hmm. growth spurt. Yeah. Um, Life's tough out there for (laughs) new Instagram accounts. I almost feel like I, yeah. And part of that is I do kind of wish that I had started it fresh, like my influencer account fresh versus the other way around, because I do think those, they tend to have better engagement. Oh, okay. Um, Sure. Yeah. But that's interesting to hear because everybody is like, oh, I wish I could have 30,000 followers yeah. right now. And you're like, uh, actually, I wouldn't mind going back to zero and starting over. I mean, well, because one of my girlfriends right now, she's um, she's doing the same thing. Yep. She's a photographer and she just separated her account. Yeah. Her photography account has more followers, but her influencer mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Um, and she gets insane engagement yeah. because all of her people are like new and they're like fresh eyes to her. And I feel like a lot of the people that follow my photo account only followed my photo account because they were interested in my photos. Yeah. And, 
you know, they're probably still semi-interested in seeing me, but the, I think a lot of, it's a different, it's a different demographic yeah. and yeah, a different for sure. audience. Yeah, 100%. Um, and now that I've gone kind of a little different with the way I'm shooting myself, I think that some of my audience is probably not um, responding to it or resonating uh, with okay. it. So, but it's been interesting because like I was saying earlier, like I think that brands are starting to be a little more interested in um, people that are creating different work. Yeah. So I think this is, this is so fascinating because one of the things that we're going to be talking about or that one of the things that we do talk about is if you want to start an influencer business yeah. today. And I'm a big believer and you have to allow yourself six to 12 months of experimentation. Yeah. You are somebody who's been shooting people for eight years, but you're on, you're relatively new when it comes to your influencer, own, yeah. yeah, your own influencer business shooting yourself. And so you're going through this evolution, this personal evolution yeah. when it comes to how you want to f- you photograph yourself. Totally. Talk, to, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, it's been interesting because I think, um, a couple months ago, like, right. I think maybe it was like November when I was like. October, November, December. I was just shooting to shoot, yeah. like to get content up. And uh, I think, sorry, shooting yourself or shooting other people? Myself. Okay, so and so I, you were just like, yeah. I'm on a schedule. I don't care. I'm just shooting. I just want to get create work. And I was yeah. I was shooting with my friend Carter Fish. Um, she's mm-hmm. another photographer. And we would literally just shoot once a week, mm-hmm. um, every single week, and we would just shoot. And like some of the locations, I was just like, I'm bored with this. It's fine. Like I can just I can make it work. Yeah but there wasn't any passion behind it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like as a creative, I was getting really bored. Okay. And like I... But why were you doing it? I was doing it because I needed to create content. Okay. And at least in my eyes that I needed to create regular content to okay. attract new people. Okay. And I do think that my photos did fairly well. Yeah. Um, and I think people liked them, but they were boring to me. Yeah. Because they were the very stereotypical blogger sort of like standing in the street and like... Uh-huh. Which is fine, but I could do that. But that's not your jam. Yeah, I literally could do that with my eyes closed. Right. So, And that might be somebody else's jam, but that doesn't get you out of the bed in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it's like I always joke too that like at a certain point I felt like blogger photography, it was like, you know, people come to me and they're like, oh, you know, have you ever done this before? I was like, literally, I was like, you need a full body. You need quarter bodies. You need details. You need a shoe (laughs) shot. What angle do you like? I'm like, I can do this in my sleep, but I don't want to do it in my sleep. Right. I want to do it with a more creative like control. And so I started. But see, I think so uh, not to interrupt you there, but I think that this is what's beautiful about the industry because First of all, if you live in this industry, yeah. you understand these things and you see them and you you are ready to move on to the next thing. Yes, 100%. But there are people who are new to this who are so excited to be able just to create those, what you would deem simple pieces of content. Yeah. That there's room for everybody. Oh, and the 100%. other thing is you have to think about the consumer too. The consumer who's not creating these things, who doesn't live in this world. Yeah. Right? They're not necessarily getting tired of this stuff because it's a personality they're looking at. It's a different aesthetic. Yeah, it's totally. A, so there is a... There there's a beauty there because there's something for everybody. And you can say, nah, I don't want to do this stuff. I shoot that every day of the week. I yeah. want to create something new for totally. myself. And that's moving on, like getting back to the, the master painter yeah. kind of examples. You have learned how to use the tools. You are now going to go create your own aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been interesting too because I, I just recently started doing these um, plus model workshops last year with my friend Megan oh, cool. O'Connor. Uh-huh. Um, Are you running the workshops yourselves? Well, we were initially, so okay. I was kind of it was our passion project. We did That's a cool. test with a model um, last year and just like really liked the idea of it and okay. trying to push it. Um, I also, you know, I do think that like the plus industry has so much there's so much talent here and there's yeah. so much potential, but I feel like it's not really getting tapped into, which I, part of the reason that I decided to change the flow of my own personal Instagram, because I feel like there's not a lot of plus and like influencers out there that are doing creative no. images. Yeah. Um, there's like a handful. Most of them are my friends that I feel like yeah. I would, you know, it feels like a smaller group pocket, of folks. Yeah for such a big opportunity. Yeah. I mean, because the straight size in, uh, influencer market is huge. Yeah. And there's so much more potential, but the plus industry um, relatively is very small because a lot of it comes down to the fact that there's just not a lot of clothing for women. Mm-hmm. Um, so like people feel like they're limited to what they can do because if you shoot something that's a little bit more like girl next door, a little bit more, you know, Old Navy or whatever. Right. Nothing against Old Navy. Sponsor me. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do think that like 
that kind of style is not going to resonate as well if you shoot it editorially. Mm. So I think that like, you know, but more and more brands are jumping on board with more, um, you know, elevated pieces and things like that. So I think it's been an exciting uh, evolution. Mm -hmm. But anyway, getting back to the whole plus model thing that I've been doing, I've been sort of like pushing those models to not just do Mm -hmm. what I deem or I've called the um, happy fat girl. Okay. Or the over-sexualized plus woman. Okay. So I Talk to us about those. I have three questions. Okay. Talk to us about both of those things, one and two. And then I also want to understand when you talk about the workshop. Yeah. Is that like you're telling them how to model, you're telling them how to photograph. What is the work? How to be an influence? What is the workshop? No, it's it's um, working with models that are very new to the um, industry. Okay. That are trying to make a name for themselves, but don't have a lot of potential... Um, photographers that are willing to work with them because a lot of photographers, okay. especially in modeling, um, only want to work with skinny girls. Okay. Or they're looking at plus models and all they want to shoot is lingerie or swim. So, okay. and or it's like super body con sexual. Like, so um, there are, and they're like the, the agencies that I've spoken to do end up like um, pitching these girls to photographers, but the majority of the photographers that they're pitching them to or like telling them to test with are very traditional. It's like very like minimal sort of um, style and they're not asking them to shoot editorial. Okay. So you're trying to increase the range Mm -hmm. of these folks' capabilities. And also prove to brands that they can do it. Because I think a lot of it that it comes down to is it's just not being seen. There's definitely a few photographers out there that are really Mm -hmm. creating beautiful images of plus women. Like who? uh, Christina Shields, she's she's amazing. She's photographed me and like some of my favorite photos that I think have been taken of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lily Cummings, I actually just worked with her and I love her. I think she's amazing. Um, Ronan. Um, she does most of the universal standard stuff. She's okay. great. Um, every photographer that Chromat works with okay. is great. Mm-hmm. They, they're they very size inclusive and I feel mm-hmm. like they really push the boundaries. So there's a lot of brands out there that are really starting to. Sure. I think universal standard is like one of the biggest ones that I would say that really pushes the boundaries on editorial images okay. of plus women Yeah. Um, and Chromat. And, so. your, and your goal is just to not only show the models that they can do it, but yeah. give them experience with great photographers and then use that as a portfolio that you can show brands, yeah. hey, listen, here's how you do it the right way. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I will say um, it worked. I have oh, really? starting to work with a brand starting this month on a, um, That's amazing. a month, potentially monthly retainer where they want to create elevated street style. So, so. you have not only created more work for yourself, yeah. but it sounds like you've also created more work for the plus size models. Yeah. And, because now it's, we're going to get back to those two things that you said. You said there are two ways they're they're mostly shot these days. Yes. And that is, what are they? So I call it the fat, happy girl. Okay, Or the What's happy, that? fat girl. Um, that is the, um, they do like the same three poses. Okay. Um, they're like the Lane Bryant. They're the, okay. um, which again, nothing against Lane Bryant. I do think that they're starting to push boundaries a mm-hmm. little bit more. I'm seeing some more interesting poses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a lot of brands um out it's there. interesting because you're getting into the micro yeah. here. You're not, you know, we, we you know, Lane Bryant, for instance, has yeah. done a bunch of collaborations. Tanisha Wasti, yeah. they did an amazing collection with her. She's beautiful, but mm-hmm. she would, I would say that she's also like, she's a stereotypical, um, and I love her, I've shot her, um, but I think she's a, a very stereotypical, beautiful um, hourglass figure, which okay. we're also used to seeing from the plus industry. Uh, and I think okay. that I'm, yeah. we're starting to see, like the brand I just met with um, yesterday was really really trying to hone in on the fact that we want body diversity. So not just the same plus body. And everybody thinks, oh, plus size is body diversity. Well, what about within that bucket? No, yeah. Like there's so many different shapes and sizes. 100%. Because even from straight size perspective, you know, um, a size two woman is not going to look the exact same as another size two woman. You're going to have just shape change. Maybe she has bigger boobs. Maybe she has bigger hips. Maybe she has a butt. Maybe she has a flat butt. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I think that people forget that with plus. Sure. So, um, but yeah, I think that a lot of the fat happy girl is just like the very smiley sort of okay. like girl next door. Sure. Um, very approachable. Okay. And then um, on the other hand, you have the very over-sexualized. Okay. So you have like a lot of lingerie, you have a lot of like swim mm-hmm. um, and everyone just looks like super body con. And I think that that isn't itself is frustrating from a plus perspective sure. because 
I'm tired of seeing just like curves celebrated. Yep. Because like, I don't see every single skinny girl out here showing off their body every single day. Like I want to be able to wear something that's, you know, has structure to it. Right. that mm-hmm. Has like an interesting silhouette and doesn't necessarily show my body off. And I think that that's like what makes the straight size like community so much different than right. the plus size community because I think that the body positive sort of um, conversation has sort of leaned into that. And leaned into what? The oversexualization or the fat happy? Um, I would say, I mean, I don't know if it's so much those two specifically, but I think it's more so just like you kind of have to show your body in oh, order okay. to show confidence. And uh, and you would like to be able to say, I don't need to do that no, to I'm project like, confidence. I, or why yeah. do I? Why do we have to talk about confidence? Like my like <laughs> yeah. my my clients that I shoot that are size two don't say you know they don't talk about how confident they are in their skin. Yeah. Why can't I just exist and wear clothing that's cool? Yeah. And I think that that's like the conversation that I feel like we should be having, and that's really less cool. and less about like you know. Um, I'm a size 18 and I love my body. I'm like, yeah, of course you love your body. It like gets you through the day. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just? focus on what you're putting on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of where like I'm trying to like take it away because I feel like um, a lot of, there's just not a lot of editorial like images of plus women because sure. everyone's trying to focus on like, can you see their body? Can you see what's happening? And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you need to? Yeah, yeah, no. And yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's there are some people who are going to want that. There are some people who are going to want to be able to show off their curves. And yeah. Whatnot. And there are some people who aren't, you know, like yeah, it sounds I mean, like yourself. You Like that's not how you want to dress. No. And you should have options when it comes to that. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, I know a lot of women that are plus size that don't dress like that, which I mm-hmm. think is great. I have like um, uh, Kelly Brown from And I Get Dressed. Mm-hmm. Her style is really cool. And like I think she pushes a lot of, um, you know, uh, it just like... The, Different like rules yeah. that were sort of always learned as plus women. Yeah. That the only the main thing to focus on is does it flatter my body, mm-hmm. which in layman's terms means does it make you look smaller? Yeah. And I think that we need to start moving away from. Mm-hmm. No, hundred so. percent. I think, and from a taking a step back from a business perspective, yeah. there's just enormous opportunity here. Yeah. You know, beyond the important kind of social ramifications that this has. Like you said, there's a, you know, this month or next month, you're going to start working with a brand. Yeah. And you have just created how many jobs for how many models? Like, yeah. It's just, I think from, from a, a purely business standpoint, that's just incredible. And people need to embrace that along yeah. with the, and I think the brands need to embrace that as well. Yeah. And I, I think that it's important to show that they can do something a little bit different. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, of course, like the stuff I'm going to be doing this for this brand is still going to be safely within the brand's parameters. Of course. But you're, you're doing something that, is a little bit, you know, because I do think a lot of the social media that you're seeing for certain brands, it's like mm-hmm. either the happy fat girl or it's the mm-hmm. over-sexualized. Like if you look at Fashion Nova's Instagram, yeah. it's all like the same sort of body sure. type and the same like posing and the yeah. same everything. Yeah. And... um but there is some, now to be fair, there is something to be said for being good at something and just hitting it. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Over and over again. Um, but the the nice thing about that is, okay, that's what Fashion Nova does, right? Yeah. And they're good at it, and they they make a lot of money, and they make a lot of people happy yeah. with what they produce. There are other brands and out retailers there. out there who can do something different. Oh, hundred percent. And there should be yeah. different. I mean, how many straight size brands are there? Like, there's mm-hmm. more than than we can count. But right. if you think about the amount of plus size brands, it's a limited like Yeah. And you also think about the demographics in the US. Like when we talk about uh, you know, the size of our population yeah. in general. Like we are trending towards more, you know, bigger folks yeah. than than not. And so why isn't there, you know, if you just think about it from pure economics. I, I just don't like, get it. It's like, I mean, yeah. we have money too. So, yeah. and we want to spend it. So mm-hmm. give, make us more. Right. Like you're yeah. just limiting yourselves and your your pocketbooks by not creating yeah. like more clothing for the us. The other thing where, is it's a land grab. If you are the first mover yeah. in this and you really push you will stand to be the industry leader. Yeah. Because there is nobody out there who's, I mean, there are a few out there who are pushing it yeah. uh, to varying degrees, but there's so much room. Yeah. It's there's not- definitely a lot of smaller brands starting to pop up that yeah. I really, mm-hmm. really like that more like, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just like 
small startups that are really creating in- yeah. interesting silhouettes. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. another thing that really is frustrating from a plus perspective. Cause a lot of the clothing looks all the same or yeah. it's trickle down from the straight size um, market years past. So like yeah. we'll get styles that the straight size market has had from two years ago. Oh. And I'm like, why aren't mm-hmm. we on trend too? Right. That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the one thing that people need to start. Like, no, if I see another fucking peplum, I will kill myself. <laughs> well now to be fair what i will say is there are people of all different styles and aesthetics and so while you may not i don't want to see peplum on me you don't want to see peplum on there are some folks out there who enjoy peplum yeah uh and and that's again but i'm tired of seeing every single brand carry a peplum you want to see more diversity amongst the brands and sure no i agree and i think that makes a lot of sense and i think that's again getting back to this i think that's what makes this industry an awesome thing yeah i think so too you can be really good at one thing like fashion over and just hit it yeah right? you can be really unique and still also make you can find your niche and it, whether you and even getting back to being an influencer if you want yeah. to do the street style shots that everybody like great that's awesome yeah. you'll you find money an audience out there for you for yeah 100%. there's money out there but if you want to push the boundaries like yourself like tezza like some of these content creators who are thinking this is not me i want to do something else yeah there's room for you too and and you, there doesn't have to be anything that's standing in your way. You have a phone, you have a computer, go create. Yeah, totally. And you will find an audience and you will yeah. find people who you can help and you'll find people you can create jobs for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. I do think part of the the I really like love about social media is the fact that I do think that like the um, plus industry has changed because of bloggers. Oh, 100%. So like... I, the, yeah, I, yeah. I, I met... I, so I, when we did the launch for the for Trove Business, yeah. I wrote a, a letter as to, uh, you know, kind of why I'm even involved in this space. You yeah. know, my background's in electrical engineering and finance. I worked in PE um, and why this. And I think that what's really interesting is you've taken the power out of the hands of the folks on Fifth Avenue yeah. and put it in the hands of real people yeah. who have real thoughts and feelings and a different way of communicating. It's your consumer base. Yeah, it's your yeah. consumer base. All of a sudden, this is real people dictating what they want yeah. and telling you know the world about amazing products oh, yeah. in ways that resonate with true consumers. And I think that's incredible. Now, you uh, of course, you have folks who you know abuse it and whatnot, but there are bad apples in every bunch, yeah, right? 100%. On the whole, I would say most of the people I've met in this industry are amazing. Yeah. And they have awesome stories. They have incredible insights. Yeah. And so... You know, it, yeah, it, I would definitely agree. I feel like I've I've met so many amazing, you know, people through. I mean, this you, you've listed off like fifty different people. Yeah, on, on in this yeah. conversation alone. Who, yeah, I mean, I definitely, and I feel like there's, you know, especially with the plus industry, I think that there's been like people that are creating so much. Um, mm-hmm job potentials like Gabby Fresh and Nicolette Mason are like yeah. they just started you know Prem, Prem a couple yeah. years ago and it's mm-hmm. gone so well for them and every time they come out with a different style I'm like they're pushing boundaries and making yep. brands like realize that they have to try better yep. and I think that's huge just in itself yeah you know I mean their success in and of itself is going to oh, prove to 100%. brands that they need because a lot of these folks just looks look at the dollars you know they're not uh, unfortunately I think a lot yeah. of people just think about the dollars and not necessarily all of the so the societal impacts sometimes unfortunately yeah. come second. I will say too, it's like it's interesting because I've talked to brands in the past and they're like they um, use larger models for their social media, mm-hmm. but they won't use them on their e-com because mm-hmm. they say they they don't sell. Yeah, and I'm like I find that interesting though because I think that people are used to seeing one type of model. So mm-hmm. like if that model doesn't sell initially, then maybe you show four different types mm-hmm. of bodies, like Universal Standard does. Also, Prime sure. does that. They yeah. shoot every style on multiple body types, mm-hmm. and I think that that's an important way. You know, like you have to change things before people start responding to it yeah so let me ask you maybe a little tougher question yeah let's say that that's a much higher cost and they're not seeing the return yeah what would you how would you navigate a situation like that i mean i think it's i don't know in prem's case i know that they're obviously a startup and they're you know asking people to do things like i've worked for them at Mm -hmm. a very low cost just because i genuinely love and care about what they're doing yeah so i but i do i do think that um people are willing to do work yeah um 
if they care about what's happening. Sure. Like I've worked for Universal Standard, for instance, and again, did that before they got their startup money and everything that they've been doing with Goop. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, just people that are they truly believe in it. Yeah. I think that you kind of have to put in the work. Yep. I do think it's difficult from a startup perspective to ask people to do things for free. Yeah. I, I never believe mm-hmm. in people working for free, especially as like a model or a photographer. But yeah. You know, if you're doing it because you ultimately care about it, then Mm -hmm. I don't know. know. It's a hard question because it's like... It's a tough question, yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah. You've got to... If this is something you believe in, maybe you bite the bullet and you make the investment. Yeah, 100%. Uh, And and it's just like anything else, right? A lot of people tell you you're wrong. A lot of... Like any startup, right? Yeah. Or even at a big company where you're looking at, you know, well, there's a, a 10 there's a 10 basis points difference between the conversion rate on this and yeah. this. Like, okay, well, we're going to take the hit because we believe in this long yeah. term, right? I mean, I will say that like speaking to a brand that has been doing the body type diversity, mm-hmm. um, Universal, like they started doing it. Yeah. That was their like beginning thing. Right. And now they just launched um, double zero to 40. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that from that perspective, they're like truly making waves. And it's like, I do think that like you kind of just have to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and you know, <laughs> to the victor go the spoils, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these amazing brands are going to pop up, and they're going to start eating into a big piece of the pot. Yeah, and, and I think people are like, I, even if you think about like, um, like Victoria's Secret versus like a, a Fenty, mm-hmm. even though obviously Fenty is owned by Rihanna, yeah. um, or uh, I'm, I'm not sure where she's. But she's the main, her. yeah. yeah. But she's the power name behind horse it. So behind obviously, it. Yeah. you have Rihanna's name behind it. But right. like, she's more size inclusive than um, Victoria's Secret has ever been. Mm-hmm. And like, people are like, I've I've seen people. Um, I forget what her name. The lingerie addict has talked about it before, okay. and she's like, you know, you're you're not. Victoria's Secret's not going to go hungry. Like they're still going to, you know, continue to exist. But I think mm-hmm. if more and more brands like Fenty and smaller brands like um. Playful Promises is another brand that creates mm-hmm. like more size inclusive lingerie. Like I think if more brands like that start popping up, um, then Victoria's Secret's going to take a hit. Oh, I mean, you know? there's a there's a a defined amount of market, right? Yeah. And if one of those companies owns the majority of it, but others folks come in and provide a better product or service, yeah, you absolutely are going to start or losing. cater more to their market. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Because if you only had one choice, that's where you have to go, right? But now yeah. all of a sudden, these are there are options out there. Yeah, you can speak with your dollars. Yeah, hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. like, and I think that's always what I say to people, like where. You know, they're like, I really like this brand, but they're a little pricey. And I was like, you know, I want to see them them succeed, but like, I can't really afford it. I'm like, if you really want to see them succeed, you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And like, maybe you save a little bit, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, their quality is better than saying, you know, something from like a a cheaper brand that's not, doesn't really care about you as a consumer. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really interesting. It's going to be fascinating to see how everything evolves over the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, because and I think that the this influencer industry and these the folks like yourself yeah. are forcing people to change and think about how to run their businesses more efficiently and they're opening the eyes to potential entrepreneurs totally who are thinking wow there's this amazing market I can go out and create something for myself yeah and, and more and more like influencers me. are doing it right so it's yeah. like people that know their audience mm-hmm. and like or like brands are starting to jump on and create like the capsule collection um, that. Uh, you know, Blair did just yeah, recently, right? Which had the Atlantic Pacific and yeah, uh, halogen with Nordstrom. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there was a, a fairly decent size selection of plus size. Blair's one of the uh, one of the smartest folks I've, I've oh, come around. I love Blair, uh, and so I'm excited to see what she does yeah. next. I mean, I was so proud of her, and I actually shot um, a couple of the pieces in like a test shoot I did. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Which that girl was another girl. I'm re- I'm doing a test shoot with her mm-hmm. next week. Her name's Maxie Green. So are you kind of like acting as the agent for some of these women? Um, In effect, like saying, "Hey, I've got to shoot. You you should work with this uh, model who I've worked with before, and she's great." And I mean, sometimes like the you know brand that I'm working with. Um, in the next two weeks, we mm-hmm. kind of sat down yesterday and kind of pulled some girls that we thought would work. Um, and I kept pushing for ones that were a little more diverse or a little different sizing and sure. stuff like that. So, but you kind of have to like, you definitely need to make sure that you're testing because if all you have is cell phone photos. Of when you your, say testing, what do you mean by that? 
shooting. So like actually shooting. So as a model, you need to have a portfolio need that's to be not iPhone photos. hundred percent. Okay. Um, I mean, they could be iPhone photos as long as you're not doing it against like, I don't want to see you take a selfie in every single photo. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot you of- You want to see some range? I want to see some range. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the hard part because a lot of these girls just don't have the opportunity or the money, mm-hmm. but you do kind of have to do it. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's hard because there was a couple girls that I thought were great, but I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a good yeah. look, but like, can they move? What's their body look like? You, don't, you don't have any idea. So let's let's talk a little bit about if I am a uh, plus size model, I mm-hmm. want to get into this. I want to be a part of this movement that you're creating, yeah. you and a few of these other folks are creating. What's the process, right? So how do I get myself found? It sounds like you, there, there are a few things that you think that yeah. these folks need to do. What are they? I think the biggest thing is just to, to be shooting. Okay. And I think that like... So find a photographer. Find a photographer. Find a friend. Like, okay. it, it just like, I mean, obviously it's better to be working with a photographer, but I think a lot of these girls um, are just shooting, you know, very, they're doing like the same poses every single time. I think you need to be experimenting. You need to be pushing yourself. But where can they go to find... So uh, let's blank canvas. Yeah. I've never done modeling before, but I've seen it. I like, I'm interested. Where, yeah. do, I, where do I even start to figure to out look. what type of poses I should do? Who do I go for inspiration yeah. for those I honestly of always look at straight sized stuff. Okay. I very rarely look at any plus size like editorials because mm-hmm. there's not really that many out here. Okay. So, so can like, you give an example of an account or a couple follow, accounts? Um, that would be good for someone looking to perfect their modeling yeah. and, and experiment with some of these poses. I look up all fashion accounts. So I look up okay. magazines. I look at, and then I'll okay. follow models that the magazines are using for their editorials. Um, or sorry, photographers. I, I follow the photographers. I follow, like most of the accounts that I follow now are not influencers. Uh-huh. They're all um, photographers and fashion magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start there and you start looking at these things. Maybe yeah. you save a few. Into yeah, your, save them in collections and like and just And then like, go out and try to, do you replicate them just to no, figure it, out how your body works? And, yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit. I find when I'm in photos, like I think I'm doing one thing and then I look at the photo afterwards. Yeah. I'm doing something completely totally you know. i think we just kind of get stuck in like our shooting sort of repertoire okay. if you will and like that's yeah. all you kind of do like i think especially with plus women we're like the hand on hip sort of like really making sure that we're yeah. showing our curves and like uh-huh. i think that like a lot of the time too as i always tell models i'm like the stylist job is to make sure that your body is standing out yeah it's your job like to not worry about it and just like move. Okay. And I think that like um, just experimenting is key because Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to want to, if I shoot someone and all they're doing is three poses, that's three shots. Yeah. And then I'm done. Mm -hmm. You have to give me more and the brand's going to want to see more. (laughs) You know what I mean? It harkens me back to... uh, Zoolander. Oh, Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. It harkens me back like to the, Zoolander. The one, the blue right. steel. The yeah. blue steel. Like, you know. And then the one, the face he was working on forever was literally was the same literally face. literally the same, yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to really experiment. Okay. And I've been starting to shoot more recently um, with a lot of different photographers myself. I used to just shoot with my friends yeah. and trade with them. Mm-hmm. But um, like I'm planning a couple um, shoots with some other photographers this you know, coming upcoming months just because like I think it's important to experiment. And, and they will give you direction that you don't get from somebody yeah, else. Yeah, and get like a fresh eye because yeah. someone that I'm used to working with like a Carter Fish or like mm-hmm. even Christina, although when I work with Christina, I'm like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. And then I just move. Um, and if there's something mm-hmm. that they're enjoying, they'll make me push into it further. But And then after you're done, do you go back and look at all the photos and say like, like, dislike, like, yeah. dislike. And so you start to hone in on what you like and what you yeah. don't like. Yeah, totally. And then What's that feedback loop like, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, and a lot of the time when I do my workshops too, I'll like be with the models on set and I'll be okay. like, I'll show them the camera and I'm like, see what you were kind of doing here? Uh, I want, I you were giving it to me, but not quite enough. Like okay. the body was good. The face wasn't, mm-hmm. you need to do something more with the face. I feel like a lot of people rely on sunglasses too. And uh-huh. so, which is fine. Cause like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have glasses, so I hide my face a lot of the time behind mm-hmm. them. But I think that like, you just have to try to hone in on all of the little like, separate it's modeling's not easy and i think that's what people just assume (laughs) people assume yeah it's very difficult and there's a lot of little intricacies that makes it such like yeah yeah it's very hard like i've modeled for a couple brands now and it's been like every single time i'm like exhausted after yeah for sure you know Mm -hmm. and people don't despite living in our bodies every moment of every day for for all of our lives we often don't know how it appears to the rest of the world until we step in front of a camera yeah and so it takes time to really understand 
understand how it works and how it's going to appear on camera. I would imagine you went through that process oh yourself gosh, when yeah. you started doing more of this I influencer was like, stuff. I was just like perma bitch face in every single photo. <laughs> and then I realized, I was like, wait, I need to like try. Well, and I don't like to smile in my photos because I'm yeah. against the fat happy girl. Um, so okay. I'm like, I don't want to, that's not my brand. My yeah, brand sure. is a little bit more editorial and edgy. And mm-hmm. like, so I've always been, it's hard to get like range when you're not smiling. Oh yeah. So you got to perfect that. Yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. smize as the they smize, will. The smize, yeah. So it's been, it's been, yeah, you just kind of have to really push and just create as much. My biggest thing is just don't stop moving. Yeah. And I think people kind of do a pose and then hold it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got, I took a photo. You're done. Move. Yeah. Like right. I don't need, like I used to, there's a couple clients I used to have where I would look through the proofs and I'd be like, there's literally 50 shots of them doing the exact same thing. Right. Because they didn't move. Right. And I think that's like, you know, the mm-hmm. biggest thing with, you just have to keep moving. Okay. And this goes for influencers too. Yeah. Because like, I think that my favorite images I've ever taken are just movement. Yeah. So. Okay. So, as as a, a model, I am shooting. I am kind of figuring out my yeah. body. I am getting comfortable in front of the camera. I'm working with a bunch of different people to get yeah. creative direction and learn new things, experiment. Totally. Okay, so now I've got kind of this portfolio. What's next for me? Is it is it to work with somebody like you and yeah. connect with you to, you know, go to your workshop? Well, I think like, it's like, I mean, you know... Um, go to castings for brands when okay. you reach out to the brand and see if they're casting for something. Mm-hmm. I think the brands are always looking for new girls. And a lot of the time they're looking for unsigned, unsigned models over signed models because okay. they tend to be cheaper. Uh-huh. Um, and there's less go-between. Okay. Like working with an agency can be a little bit um, time-consuming if you sure. need someone like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um so I think just reaching out to brands or like, you know, if you really, really like in the past, I've told people if like you're really interested in working with, say, Universal Standard, look at what Universal Standard is doing uh-huh. and try to really hone in on that sort of like style sure, um, and shoot in their clothing if you can. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's even for influencers. Like, I started um, working with brands that I was interested in because I was wearing their clothing and tagging yeah. them. Yeah. And then I would reach out to them at some point and be like, hey, I really like your stuff. Do you mind if, yeah. like, we jump on a call or whatever and sure. see where we're going with this? And I think yeah. that that's important to do, too. Like, cool. you have to prove interest. And I think if you're just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm tired of seeing all these models with their cell phone photos. Like you need to really like, that tells me nothing about you. Yeah. You know, they do well on Instagram and it's great, but I do think that having a good. When it comes to booking jobs and and kind of getting more of the work that you want. Yeah. You got to show me a little more range. And on Instagram too, because like, uh, I feel like agent or brands are really just looking at people's Instagrams Mm -hmm. now. They're not even looking at their portfolios. Yeah. So yeah. like your Instagram is your portfolio. You will yep. get booked off of your Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I've gotten jobs as a model from Instagram and I'm not a model. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, people often don't, people don't think of it as the LinkedIn for their, Yeah. You know, like that is your portfolio. Right? Totally. And so it can make or break you. And oftentimes yeah. if you're not thinking about it strategically, It'll break you because yeah. you get into you get into the zone. And again, I think it's important to step back and say, if you have a niche and you're crushing it, yeah. great, do it. It's awesome. But I strongly encourage everybody to experiment, no matter how great things are going. Yeah, um, I'm from the Silicon Valley. Clayton Christensen's book about how to avoid stagnation and how to avoid being overtaken by the next wave of innovation. I think it's the only way to do that is to experiment. So even if you, I mean, you look at somebody like Teza, she could have ridden that wave for as long as she wanted and been fine. She's always pushing the boundaries. Always, every single shot. And I think that people should take a lesson from that, especially folks who are up and coming. You can't just hit one thing and stick with it. Make sure you can make sure that you are trying a bunch of different things. Yeah. And because you also might not n- understand or know yet what you like yeah. personally, what makes you personally It's been interesting happy. too because like on my Instagram, I've been doing like little micro moments. Uh-huh. So like um, whenever I shoot with a photographer or if I have a concept, so like I did mm-hmm. like a studio moment earlier this year mm-hmm. um, and I just posted like two solid weeks of, in- of studio content mm-hmm. and that's all I posted. Yeah, which is very different from street style content, right? Yeah. And it's very different from, you know, it's, yeah, that's awesome. How did it perform out of curiosity? It did 
fairly well. I will say it's been interesting because I do feel like my audience is like, they're interested in Mm -hmm. in it, but I also feel like they're like not quite sure what to make of it. Sure. But I will say that the brand response has been great. Yeah. See, that was going to be my my next question was, how did the brands respond? And then my last question is, how did you like it? I loved it. Because that's the most important thing. You need these regenerative opportunities as a content creator. Yeah, it's been interesting because it's like, if you get stuck on numbers, it gets really hard, especially I think right now the algorithm is so like backwards. Like my... I feel like my engagement's gone down so much, but it's I don't even care because I love what I'm I'm shooting. You know so. what I like to say the 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 algorithm's going to screw you no matter what. So yeah. you may as well enjoy yeah. what you're doing. I think it's 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 hard because it's like there I'll post a photo that I kind of think is like a whatever, and then it'll do really well, and sure. I'm like, you know, but yeah. Yeah. nobody really knows. Yeah, and and you can't run your life that way because yeah. that'll be a very and I think uh, you know unsettling existence. To your point, is just like creating what you're passionate about, yeah. and that's what I've been starting to focus on. And I got I've gotten great feedback from people, and like um, just like in general, everyone seems to be into it. So, and I think that. I, it's really illustrative too because you're doing what you're passionate about and it's leading you to opportunities that you're going to pour more time and effort yeah, and excitement totally. into. So you have a shoot coming up with this brand that is, yeah. it sounds like is Greenfield and wouldn't have existed had you not pursued this passion. Yeah. Right. And you are becoming kind of an expert. You're putting on these workshops for people. You're working with some of these plus size model. You're doing plus yeah. size modeling yourself. You're becoming the expert in this realm that you're really passionate about. Yeah. So it's easy for you to wake up and do, yeah. right? Where, can you imagine if you became an expert in a certain type of photography that you hated and you yeah. had to get up every day and do it? Like, yeah, yes, yeah. It, it might pay the bills, but you would be so unfulfilled. I think that's part of it too is like lately now I'm like really pushing like whenever I get a new client, yeah. I'm like always like, well, tell me what you're thinking. Like what is yeah. the like realm of where you want to shoot? Mm-hmm. I just had a client yesterday, um, a new blogger, but um, when she showed up, she didn't she didn't show me any inspiration. Yeah. Um, off the bat, and then I was like, I was like, well, what do you want? I was like, she's she was a friend of one of my clients who styles very sort of like clean and you know pretty basic. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, so I just sh- started shooting her that way. Yeah. And she's like, I really want to get like weird. And I was like, fuck, I wish she had said that to begin with. <laughs> Great, let's but do it. I know. I was like, <laughs> so immediately we just went a completely different direction. Yeah. So like, I think that that's like what I'm really starting to push is like having mm-hmm. clients that are like honed in on that sort of sure. like experimentation because yeah. those are the clients that I want because I think those are the people that are gonna I don't know, I feel like they're gonna do better yeah overall yeah you know because I think people are gonna start getting bored I mean I'm bored like <laughs> of seeing the same people so sure. they want a little bit diversity in the images mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. and the good thing is there are a lot of folks out there ready to create this content I 100% agree yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think there's more and more people sort of worming their way up um, and having an audience that are doing it, which Mm -hmm. I think is great too. Yeah. Well, Lydia, I've kept you for far too long, (laughs) but I want to give you a chance to plug your work, plug what's coming up. So do you have a workshop coming up? Well, no, it's not a workshop, so it's working directly with the brand. But I will say that we may be doing one of our own workshops in um, and you know, upcoming. But if you are a plus model and you are interested yeah. in potentially working with me, yes. um, you can definitely um, you know, send me a DM. A Lydia Hudgens photo is my photo account, and then Lydia Hudgens um, is my normal account. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Hudgens like Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> not related, though. Not related. Not no. related. Um, no. That's always how I say it. I mean, yeah. I, Vanessa seems lovely, but I'm not related related to her. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are interested in modeling and you are, you know, a plus model, definitely reach out to me, and I can see if I can, um, you know, pass you along to a brand I know. So mm-hmm. or work with you, help you or out, or work with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm always doing test shoots. So regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not it's in the workshop. Um, I do have stylists that can work. So Awesome. Well, yeah. Lydia, thanks so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to oh, have you. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Awesome conversation with Lydia Hudgens. Make sure that you're following her on Instagram. Her handle is at Lydia Hudgens. That's L-Y-D-I-A-H-U-D-G-E-N-S. And she also has at Lydia Hudgens Photography as well. We're really inspired by all the work that Lydia is doing in the plus size industry and how she's really pushing the envelope and opening doors, not only for herself, but for others in the industry as well. So amazing conversation. Thank you, Lydia, for joining us. If you like what you heard on today's podcast, leave us that five-star rating and give us 
a glowing review. We always appreciate it. This has been Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gudelari, and we'll see you next time.